0: hello everybody and welcome to this new episode my name is sarah and this is Amsterdamus, the podcast that introduces you to amazing women from amsterdam Today, please follow me through a short thought experiment. Imagine you are in a relationship. Everything goes well. Your partner is really sweet. They treat you like a princess, take good care of you, often bring gifts, and shower you with compliments. You are the happiest person in the world. But then, one day, your partner comes with a tiny request. Nothing major, but they need your help. They admit that they have financial problems and there is this one man that is trying to hunt them down. But luckily there is a potential solution. This man is going to drop your partner's debts if you sleep with him. Would you do it? Because your partner needs help and in the end a relationship is about helping and supporting each other, right? Loverboys have developed an evil and perfidious system to make girls and women believe that they are in love with them, that they are in a relationship together, and then they force them into prostitution. Esther Ailting once also fell for a loverboy, and now she's trying to fight this system. Welcome Esther Ailting. Thanks for being with me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Could you please explain who are lover boys and what do they do?
1: Lover boys are guys who make sure girls fall in love with them and um, they have the meaning uh, not to be with the girl, but to make sure um, she goes into the prostitution so the guy can um, earn money. She, have to, she has to give her money to the guys so she's working and he is um, enjoying the money.
0: So that means that it's some sort of fake relationship. She believes it's a love relationship and he just takes advantage of her. Did I say that correctly?
1: Yeah, you said that correctly. He, he makes sure she falls so much in love that she will do anything for him. And uh, when they get to that point, then they start abusing the girls.
0: Is this specifically a problem in the Netherlands? Or is this something that happens all over Europe or maybe the entire world even?
1: I guess it's hap- it happens all over the world. It's uh, something men can uh, take advantage of. And I guess if you're now in, in France or you're living in England or in uh, America, um, if there's a possibility to take advantage of those girls, they will do it.
0: So you said they make this woman, this girl fall in love with them. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to to describe or to find a certain pattern when it comes to the victims is there a certain type of girls or women i would assume it's maybe easier to impress a 17 year old girl compared to a 40 year old woman maybe
1: yeah that could be and a 17 year old girl uh, sells more easier than a woman uh, from 40 years old but the girls are um, most of the time the girls are vulnerable and then it doesn't matter um from what surroundings you come you you can have a really rich father and mother and but if there's something wrong in your um, self-esteem for example then they're vulnerable to those lover boys and they have a nose for it they know exactly which girl uh, they can uh, try to um, make them fall in love
0: how does this usually work, that they get in touch with them? I assume it's not a face-to-face situation. Maybe it's Instagram or TikTok. How how do they reach out to the girls?
1: Nowadays, um, it's mostly through Instagram, TikTok or other apps, Telegram, uh, you name it. It used to be just outside before there was uh, so much internet. And the guys uh, tell the girls how beautiful they are, how lovely they are, and that they can't live without them. And when they see each other face to face, they will buy presents, they will make sure that the girl really believes um, that he loves her. So she will do anything for him. And slowly, they will make sure that you lose contact with with your parents and your friends. Uh, the people at school, so they isolate you and then they can play their game. They have a free game to uh, abuse those girls.
0: I'm not sure how they manage this step from making her believe that she's in a relationship with him to kind of pushing her into having sexual relations with other men. Is this done in a really sneaky, manipulative way or is it outright... Force that they apply? How does it work?
1: Um, that could be um, both ways. Most of the time, they will um, uh, tell the girl that they have financial problems and that she can help uh, him to solve those problems. And when those problems are gone, they can work for uh, uh, the future together, they can get a house and maybe babies. And so they um, paint a story uh, of a beautiful future. But first, they have to get rid of those uh, debts. So um, she has to work, and then she will do it out of herself. She she will just say, "Okay, I will. I will do it for you." And um, those girls mostly think that um, they're not forced to do this kind of job, but they're mal- manipulated into the job. And there are also guys, when they know they have you in their web, they let a friend come over and tell you, tell the girl to have sex with that friend. And uh, if she refuses, he's kicking her or beating her. So she will do it again. She will do it. And um, after that first time, it will happen uh, more often. And then they will make sure the girls get paid for the sex they have with other guys.
0: How much? would she be allowed to keep of this money? Or does she have to have, hand over all of the money that she makes from her sex work?
1: That's also different. I uh, read stories uh, from girls who are allowed to have a little bit for themselves. In my case, uh, I just had to hand it over all the time. And, okay, the rent of our house would be paid by that money, um, but I didn't have any money for myself. I always had to ask him for some money.
0: You already briefly mentioned it. May I ask, and please, again, if you don't feel comfortable sharing this, please let me know. But how did you end up in in a situation like that? What happened to you?
1: My story is um, I met a guy and I really, really liked him. And he looked really good and he was... A real gentleman and just really the story, uh, how it often goes. And one time he came, I came home from my work and he told me, uh, come on, we're going. We're going to leave for a few days. I'm going to leave for a few days. We can't because I have to work tomorrow. So now you call in sick um, and we, we're going. What are we going to do? You're going to get married to a guy abroad. So he can get a card, a green card for uh, Holland, and my friend got paid for it. So we went in the airplane, but I didn't want to. And then he um, took his gun out and put his gun on my head and and told me that I have to pack my things and go. So then I got so scared because I never saw a gun uh, from close by, just in movies and stuff like that. I got so scared that I did what he told me and um, I got married in Turkey and when we came back um, I was so ashamed and I was so afraid that my parents would find out that I didn't tell anybody and then I got back to work and all the people had questions and where are you and what are you doing and so I, I, I made a little yeah cocoon for myself to keep all my problems inside, and when he did that, when he let me go uh, to Turkey to get married to a person I never saw before, yeah, then he he got loose, so to speak. Then he brought me to Amsterdam, and he told me to um, go work in a red light district, but that was so hard, and I was so scared that not one man (laughs) came in my room that evening, Then he picked me up and brought me home and, oh, no problem, and it's okay. And uh, a few days later, um, he gave me a phone number, told me to call that phone number. And it was uh, a number from a house in Amersfoort. The girls were working in that house. There were uh, a few rooms. He brought me over there. And that's the place where I mostly worked all of the time. I got forced to uh, work as a prostitute.
0: I'm kind of struggling to to see through this psychologically, to be honest, because uh, obviously you knew that a man who would put a gun to your head and force you to give your body to another man against mm-hmm. your own will, but at the same time is very sweet and very understanding when you tell him I didn't have any customer today and he was like, it's fine, it's okay, don't worry about it. I'm sure you knew that this is not love, that this is not a healthy relationship. So did he actually manage to manipulate you that
1: much? Yeah, he did. And when I think back, I can cannot even imagine how he managed to do that. Because uh, now I think, oh, I would never fall for that. But I wasn't only uh, in love with him because we also had a few, uh, a lot of nice times. You know, it was not always uh, terrible. And um, in the back of my mind, always that gun on my head. That scared me so, so much that I was so afraid to relive that again if I didn't do what he said. And in the meantime, when I, uh, I worked there during the whole week and when I came home in the weekend, then he was always good to me. So during the week... You always think, oh my God, I have to do this, I don't want it. And then you came home, and he will treat you like a princess. It's like your uh, feelings are going on a ping pong table. During the week, they're on the left. During the weekend, they're on the right. And when you live in a house like that, there are so much girls working there. And you talk to each other, and you tell each other your experience. And um, after a while... It really becomes a job. It's just like when you go out of your house uh, Monday morning, you just say, okay, I'm going to work. It's really strange.
0: Do you know whether you were the only woman he did that to at this point? Or did he have multiple fake relationships with different women at the same time?
1: I never knew before. But uh, when we broke off the relationship, uh, I asked him and there were two other girls.
0: What age were you at that time, and those women, if you know?
1: When it started, I was 19, and I just lived, uh, got out of the house of my parents, so I had my own apartment, so there was no one to pull me back.
0: How long were you, I don't want to call it a relationship, how long were you involved with this man?
1: I've worked 10 years in total, and I've been with him 16, because when I quit working... I was going to work a normal job, and we're we're having a relationship, sort of. Then I got pregnant, um, not on purpose, but I always say it had to be like that. Because when I um, got my baby, um, the day the delivery started, he got crazy. He's a schizophrenic, and the birth of my baby was the one thing that uh, put him over the edge. So at the moment that I told him it's getting started, he... Totally lost it. And from that day till now, he's heavily schizophrenic and lives in an, uh, a psychic uh, institution. That's the reason how I got away from him eventually.
0: Has your ex-partner ever been convicted for the crimes? Because this is forced prostitution and, and human trafficking, to to mention the least. There's also violence and God knows what else.
1: Yeah. No, he did not. I uh, never um, reported him because I don't know why. Um, It took me a while while to recognize that I was uh, abused. And when I got out, that was the moment that I thought, okay, our relationship was not normal and that work was not normal and stuff like that. Then all the that pieces fell into place, uh, so to speak. It's really stupid thinking maybe, but uh, that's how I thought. And um, in the meanwhile, I could still do it now if I wanted to. But my opinion is that life took care of it because he's schizophrenic Schizophrenic now and that's a really big karma.
0: In the Netherlands, there's this organization called the Mero van Groningen Foundation. How... Do they help victims and survivors of
1: lover boys? What exactly do they do? How does it work? Okay, the Merel van Groningen Foundation is a foundation who takes care of people who are victimized by lover boys or other um, sexual violence. They um, support those girls during their way to get their life in order. When there are questions, when there's someone to talk to, uh, we're always there for those girls, but we also tell the world about lover boys and tell the world about sexual abuse and what it does to to girls and boys, because there are also boys who get abused. And we know uh, what it feels like. The question I always got was, why didn't you leave? Yeah, I cannot explain it, but when a girl is in a situa- situation like that, I know she wouldn't leave like that, you know? And that's how uh, we can use our experience and our knowledge to support those girls. And uh, Middle van Groningen Foundation also give training to girls who uh, are out of it and want to help other people to survive this.
0: I also believe asking a survivor why they didn't leave is a very difficult thing to answer we see this a lot with abusive relationships because these systems work whether it's emotional violence or physical violence these men that do this they very often ruin the self-confidence of the women and they are very good in manipulation so it is not that this system doesn't work. I think this is very much the dangerous thing, that it has the risk to work on on any woman, no matter what her background is. You just have to push the right buttons, and then it's extremely difficult for them to actually see through this system that they're in.
1: Yeah, you're right. And it's, it's hard for those girls to ask for help because before they definitely do it, they get that question all of the time. So... Um, the step to to accept help and ask for help is really, really big. And when you go to the police, for example, and you want to turn in your lover boy, you get a whole lot of questions that's, that are really hard and really painful to answer. And uh, that's what the Merel van Groningen Foundation also does, that we help those girls to tell them uh, what to expect when you... Uh, your lover boy and how you how you can answer um, those hard questions without breaking yourself down again.
0: So you also give information to women how to protect themselves but also to women who already are in the situation how to get out of this. I can assume that Lover boys who are in the system and who are financially benefiting from the system do not have a lot of interest in you sharing this information, making this public, I guess, because they want to continue doing this. Have you been threatened? Have there been any kind of aggression
1: against you personally or the foundation? No, not against me personally. You know, there are always people, and that are not only guys, but most of them, they are. Uh, they still look down on us and they keep looking down on us and they will laugh at us and, you know, try to make sure you keep in your in your own corner so we won't bother them. But really threatening? No, not yet. And I'm not sure if the foundation had any uh, any threats, so that I can't answer.
0: I think this is very interesting psychologically because, of course, no man in his right mind would think that it's justifiable to force a female into sex work for their own financial benefit. And still, apparently, we have a lot of men doing that. And still, as you just said, laughing or looking down at you and laughing at your face for what you're doing with your activism, like... How is this possible psychologically? Is there just something miswired? Does it take a certain type of person as a man? Like, what, what is the base for this?
1: I don't think so. And But if you uh, look at the situation right now, Andrew Tate just got arrested in Romania. And a lot of boys really like what he's saying. He... Um, <laughs> He inspires a lot of uh, young boys nowadays just to go to stand on the other on the upper side of women who try to get stronger and uh, you know on on the right foot with her man. And I think it's a really dangerous situation because uh, his past and uh, the things he's preaching will drive a lot of boys into the life of a lover boy. yeah, they they're really gonna think it's okay to do that because andrew tate said it that it's okay to do that life is is getting harder anyway and emotions are uh, blocked out so if they don't let their their emotions come in they will take advantage of any girl they uh, run into i'm scared of that it's really scary situation
0: from your expertise and your knowledge how can parents protect their children how can people protect their friends
1: i always say everybody who can fall in love can fall into the hands of a lover boy so make sure that you're not only look through your pink glasses but ask around about your friends and take people seriously when they um, tell you some things don't accept everything keep your own boundaries and uh, for parents, learn your uh, uh, daughters uh, what boundaries are, but learn them also about the dangerous situations they can fall into on the internet by dating apps. But also in the in the bar where they're going to, uh, to get a drink, just make sure your own boundaries, that people don't cross it, and be always open so everybody can come to you when they're scared of or when they are sad, or so that they will tell you everything. I never told anybody anything. So that made also that I thought it's my fault, and I thought, oh, my parents will be angry. And Just do not be scared to tell somebody your problem. And if you're scared, contact something like the Miro van van Groningen Foundation. There will always be someone who is there to listen and to help you.
0: In case we have a listener now who is worried that one of their friends or relatives might be a victim of a lover boy, what can they do? I'm afraid trying to talk sense into that person probably doesn't work if they really believe they are in love and this is a romantic relationship, right? Mm -hmm. That is. Then
1: educate them uh, about other girls who did fall into the hands of a lover boy so so they can see the things Uh, what are the same in their own relationship and give them the addresses of the uh, people who can help and who can listen. So search on the internet where you can get some help and give that to the girl who's in trouble because there will come a day that uh, she thinks, okay, they're right. This is not okay. And that's the moment she needs uh, that phone number or that WhatsApp number or... Your own phone number. Just always keep the door open so they can come to you with your pro- with their problems.
0: Dear listeners, we will also put extra information and important phone numbers in the show notes. So if you need help, you will find the information there. And I think we also need to talk a bit about potential risk because it comes with danger, I assume, to leave a relationship like that. So if a woman manages to actually get out of the forced prostitution and away from this man, is there still a risk for her afterwards? Will she be in danger? She could be.
1: She could be. But in especially in Holland, there are a lot of places you can go to. When you reach out for help, the people here will find a place for you to hide if it's necessary. That's called a blijf van mijn And there are... More places like that, especially for girls who came out of that situation. And there are also there's also uh, therapy and, and um, possibilities to um, your life together. And when you want to go to the police and you turn them in, nowadays there are abusers who get punished. So maybe when they're locked up, you don't have to be afraid anymore.
0: What can the police or the Dutch authorities do against lover boys? Are they aware that this is a problem, and is there a plan of the government at this point?
1: They are aware, not enough, in my opinion, but there's there's a new law coming so that everybody gets the information uh, about lover boys, and that's also what we're we're trying to do. You know we go want to go to schools and and to sports clubs and and stuff like that to share our story so that people know that things like this happens and because that's they always think oh it's in amsterdam but not over here you know stuff like that so um, I think information is the most important uh, thing up front. And when there are, there's a girl who is already in the web of a lover boy and she wants to get out, there are, are places where she can go so she can get help and be safe for uh, the guy who is stalking her or bothering her. Yeah.
0: How can our listeners support you, your work, the organization and the survivors? What can we all do to help?
1: go to the website of the Merel van Groningen Foundation and there you can find all the information and also uh, WhatsApp numbers, uh, email and phone numbers, what you can use when, uh, when you're in trouble. And of course, uh, we need some financial support so we can educate more victims to be a coach for the girls who are in trouble.
0: Esther Eelting, thank you very much and I wish you all the best.
1: Thank you and thank you for having me
0: and this also marks the end of today's episode i hope you enjoyed it as much as i did stay tuned if you want to meet more amazing women from amsterdam and please don't forget to follow amsterdamus on instagram and on facebook thanks and take care everybody bye